so it's been a little while since the last race in Paris, California, and I'm uh, having a little bit of uh, motorcycle racing withdrawal, so I decided to head on down to Savannah, Georgia, just to watch as a fan. It's the last race there, supposedly, as the track is a half mile, so I wanted to go down there and check it out, go down there not working, and uh, enjoy some motorcycle racing. And along the way, I went on down to Florida and, and uh, hooked up with a friend of mine and, and uh, made some phone calls to my uh, flat track family. Hello? Hello. Hello? 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 I'm very passionate about this sport, and so are these riders, and so are the teams, and so are the mechanics, and everybody has a story. And and during this offseason, I'm going to spend some time, and I'm going to reach out to them just to see what's been going on since the offseason, maybe what they have planned for 2018, uh, maybe recap the, the 2017 season a little bit. I hope you have as much fun listening as I did making it. Sit back and enjoy. The The first rider I caught up with was number 14, Briar Bauman. Uh, I've known Briar for a long time. I've always considered him one of the funniest guys in the pit area. And sometimes that doesn't come out except for like through social media or like maybe when he's at home or, but in the pit area, like before he puts his helmet on, he's one of the funniest guys. So I wanted to talk to him and hear about his season. Uh, He's a good friend of mine. So he's easy for me to reach out to. And uh, I personally challenged myself not to ask any questions about his girlfriend, Shayna. He's known as, you know, Shayna's boyfriend, but to me, he's Briar Bauman. Hello. Haven't seen you in a couple weeks. How you been doing? I'm good. Hanging out. What about you? Where are you uh, hanging out at? Pretty much just uh, hunting. And I've done a little bit of trail riding with, uh, with a bunch of guys that we raced with. There was this big Michigan trail ride that uh, I went to for the first time. Um, and did that for a weekend with everyone like Jared Mees and Ryan Wells and Jake Johnson and the whole crew. So just that and, uh, and really just that and hunting. So that's about it. It seems like we just wrapped up uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, but, uh, you've already done a lot of stuff. So talk about hunting. How long have you been doing that? Where have you been hunting? Um, actually I, uh, I've been hunting for like four years now. Um, last year I got like a really good taste of 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 what they call the rut which is when uh the bucks and the does start to mate and like any any guy you kind of go crazy over certain stuff like that so they run around wild um the the bucks do so yeah like this year i i really kind of put a lot into it um i feel like i put more into it than my race program this year actually but (laughs) it just kind of turned into something i really like to do um mainly hunting in pennsylvania but me, Shayna, and uh, her stepdad, Bill, loaded up in my van and went to Illinois where my parents live. And there's some really, really good hunting there for, for white-tailed deer. And uh, spent a week out there. Um, a big thanks to, to Brad Furlong. He put us on some really, really good property to go hunt. But, yeah, it's kind of been a thing that Shayna got me into. And now my brother's into it, my dad. And it's just kind of something that we do during the off season, And also whenever you, you get one, it's kind of how we – feed the family for the year too you know you, you use the meat and stuff like that throughout the throughout the season plus it's really good for you you know where it's coming from it's you know as organic as it gets so it's it's something that i've uh really grown to like are, are you hunting with with a gun a bow and arrow or throwing rocks at these deer or I, uh, how, what do you do bow and arrow for me um a compound bow i used a crossbow last year which is basically like it's it's like a gun but it's you know you're using an arrow um 
but this year Shane actually got me a uh, compound bow for Christmas, which is like one of the ones you pull back and everything like that. And uh, it's it's crazy how much you can put into it. Like you know, the more you practice, the better you get. The further shots you can take and stuff like that. So yeah, basically, you know, throughout the season, during the weeks, the race season, um, during the week, I'd practice you know three four days a week, and then on any of our off weekends, I'd go to these archery shoots where you kind of walk through the woods and they have the, uh, you know, the practice targets that you can shoot at and just, you know, get some practice in and stuff. So yeah, it's kind of something that takes my mind off of it. The bone arrow is a lot more, uh, technical than, than just using the gun. So it's kind of, uh, something I really, really like to do besides racing now. That's awesome. On the call with us is the one and only, the funniest man in the pits, number 14, Briar Bauman. Let's get into the 2017 season, Briar. We just wrapped it up about a month ago. Uh, let's talk about Daytona. Let's talk about the track. What what'd you think? Is the first time we were ever in the, the World Center of Racing, you know, the, the first inaugural Daytona TT. What were your thoughts on the track? The track was cool. Um, everyone was a little bit nervous about how long the front straightaway was into that tight left. But it was, it was fun. Um, really tight, which... I think was actually okay for me. I like that personally, just because being a bigger guy, I can kind of get on the side of the twin a little bit where maybe someone a little bit shorter would not have an issue, but just maybe be a little, a little bit tougher on them. Um, so I, I felt good and I thought the track was fun. Uh, the whole atmosphere of the, you know, being inside the stadium was really, really cool. If we were pitting out of the garages was a lot of, a lot of fun, just a cool experience. So, um, I don't know what they're planning on the track. I heard they're changing it a little bit for this next season, but, I think uh, no matter what they do, where we're where we're at, and as far as inside the stadium, is gonna be pretty cool. You didn't make the main event there. What happened? Yeah, um, in our semi, it was uh, the first time we had ran that format, the new format that uh, AFT put out there for us. Um, I took second in my heat race and was feeling pretty good, but I think it was after the red flag. Um, we had a red flag. Someone, I think it was Rob Pearson, went down. I I was running behind Jared Mees and. I actually crashed earlier in the day in practice, and I bent up the bike real bad. Uh, so I went to the backup bike. Well, when I crashed, I actually bent the rear rotor um, on the rear, that rear wheel that we happened to put in the bike that was just partially scuffed for the semi. So I had a rear rotor that was bent in the in the back. So every rotation, it spread the pads apart, and uh, I actually didn't really have any rear brakes. Um, so I was probably pushing harder than I should have been for what I had. But I had, you know, Jared Meads ahead of me with just front brakes, and I was kind of shifting aggressively and just being not, you know, not a meathead, but just riding maybe a little bit over my head, trying to keep up in there and maybe make a move if I could. Uh, I was sitting third, and I went over the jump, and I shifted in the air just because I was getting so anxious. And when I shifted, I kind of clicked her down, or I, I clicked, you know, up a gear from whatever it was, second to third, and as I was landing when it did that, you know, those frames, everyone wasn't really sure what it was going to, what was going to come of jumping a twin. Well, it kicked the chain off. And when it did that, it kicked the chain off and went directly through the cases. So oh. right then and there was feeling pretty good about the day. I fast qualified and stuff and chain comes off and it was done over with. So, um, unfortunately after that, there was no LCQ or anything, but the new format, when you have an issue in the semi, if you do have an issue, it's, kind of over with game so over yeah that's where i was uh if you were to make a change to the track for we're still talking about the daytona tt what would you change about it uh it's tough to say just because i mean obviously like i want to go back back to it how it is right now just because uh of how good i felt um when we left there last so it's 
kind of like, man, I'd like to go back and just see what I could possibly do in the main event with uh, with how it is. But maybe making the corn, maybe shorten it up a little bit and making things a little bit wider if they could. Um, I actually like the chicane. I mean, it kind of clogged people up a little bit. You couldn't really make very many moves, but if you wanted to get you know get aggressive, you could shove it in there uh, into the first tight left and give someone a bump if you wanted to. Um, maybe make the jump a little bit bigger, uh, which is weird to hear, maybe weird to say, just knowing we're jumping the twins, but it didn't really really do much as far as uh, like Buffalo Chip. If you had a guy who really knew how to jump and another guy who wasn't quite as good and you, you can make up time and stuff. So uh, maybe do something like that. It's tough for me to say. It's, I just kind of show up and ride it. Um, I thought they did a pretty good job with it for what it was. It was nice actually having the long straightaways because you could outbreak people into the corner. So, was, I mean, for what they had to work with as far as space, I thought it was a lot of fun. If they were to bring dirt in and make it, you know, have a bigger, bigger piece to work with, I think that they could do some really cool stuff. But with what they have, I don't know what more they could do without making it just really, really tight. I was actually really impressed with how well the dirt held up after, you know, they brought it in in like a day or two right after the Supercross, and we all know how deep and rutted out the Supercross gets there. So I was very impressed with how well it held up together. You know, like you said, if they brought in maybe some more dirt, maybe make one of the corners banked or something, I think that would add a little bit of another element to it. Yeah, no, they did a really good job, actually. Um, I was really, really impressed. Uh, it didn't, you know, for how fast we're going down that front straightaway into the tight left, uh, and then obviously there's wheel hop and the twins weigh a lot more. Typically you get some bad breaking bumps and, you know, the dirt chips away as the night goes on. You get some bad holes getting to the corner, but it didn't do that at all. Um, it held uh, held together and never gave us anything that was dangerous or anything like that. It was it was a lot of fun, actually. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think, like you said, if they had a little bit more room to work with or if they could do something like banking or, yeah, just right now, I think uh, their biggest issue is just the space they have to, to build a racetrack. It's it's pretty pretty narrow, um, but, you know, they'll, they'll figure something out. I think, uh, like I said, I heard they were talking about changing it, but I don't know what they'll come up with. I know uh, Chris Carr typically comes up with some pretty wild ideas. If you guys saw Buffalo Chip, it was uh, pretty wild, so yeah. I definitely think it, it served its purpose. He, he didn't want anybody getting hurt right at the start of the season with the jumper off the corner, so I, I liked how he did that. I liked the long front straightaway where the, the bikes are shifting gears. He wanted to hear the, the thunder of the twins you know, going through the gearbox like on that long front straightaway, so I think it definitely served its purpose. Uh, let's move on. Uh, well, actually, one more question on Daytona. That was the only main event you didn't make, so do you go stand out there and, and watch the main event? Do you go out there and learn, or do you just you know, pack, start packing your stuff and head on to the next race. I stay and watch. Um, I know there's some guys who obviously don't get real excited about it, but I, you know, I was kind of in a tough situation. I, uh, when I broke, I was, like I said, I was passing me's for, I think it was for second place. Mikey Rush was leading that semi. So it was kind of like, all right, man, I was, I was possibly going to make a move on me's. I didn't have any rear brakes. Let's see how he makes out in this main event to see maybe where I would have stacked up for uh, for the whole deal and uh watched it and watched him win so that made it you know i was pretty bummed out with the situation but at the same time it's kind of something you have to stay and watch and see how things go and i got to see how long of a 25 lap race it was it felt like it took forever watching at least i don't know what it was like on the bike but um yeah i mean for me i like i said earlier i do a lot of studying of whatever it is i do so i was hoping i could have that um dvr or whatever to to watch the main event at home too but 
yeah, I try and watch as much as I can. So I stay and I check it out and see who does what. And my brother did really well. He ended up taking fifth and it was just fun to, uh, not fun, but it was cool to check out and just see how people shook down throughout the, the whole main event. Awesome. So we, we kind of highlighted some, some different spots throughout the season that we really want to talk about. I'm not taking anything away from Atlanta because you finished fourth there at the first time we've ever been at that racetrack also. But let's go to Charlotte, uh, another uncharacteristic bad finish with 17th place. Do you remember what happened there? Yeah, we were uh, we were pretty solid all day, a top, what I, what I would say possibly a top five guy. Um, lap, uh, I think, two or three of the main event, the thing just kind of locked up solid on me, unfortunately. Um, we were on the XR750 there and um, just stressing them, stressing them as much as possible to get as much horsepower and just had a, a mechanical, unfortunately, and, and locked her up early in the race. So we never really got to see where, you know, where things would have played out or what we could have ended up. But yeah, just uh, unfortunately, another mechanical. So we move on to the Arizona Mile, sixth place there, pretty solid, pre- pretty solid day. Then we go to Sacramento, and and I don't think everybody heard exactly what happened because when I'm up in the announcer's tower and I see you running up front, then all of a sudden you disappear. Found out you had a flat tire, but I talked to you after that race, and and you explained something that I don't think I've ever heard of before. Do you remember exactly what happened at the Sacramento Mile when you're running up front on the first lap? Yeah, like lap two, I think. Uh, I, it might have been lap one. I can't can't even remember. But yeah, so just got a flat going into turn two, uh, or going into turn one. Um, thought the swing arm broke in half. It was so you know, so I've never had a flat like that. Typically, you feel wishy washy or whatever. But that thing was, you know, got annihilated quick. So I was like, man, that stings. Pulled her in, um, took her to the pit. I actually didn't even look at it. I obviously knew it was flat and knew my night was over with. So I start peeling my gear off and stuff. And I hear Bill Warner. And he's like, Oh my God. And I'm like, Oh, Oh no. What? So, uh, walk over and check it out. He's like, look at this. And there's a uh, half of a master clip off of the chains lodging in the tire. And, uh, I'm just like, are you kidding me? I mean, I know in the 450 class, uh, there was a kid, his, his rear tire exploded going down the front straightaway because it was rubbing on the swing arm, got too hot and exploded. And when it did that, it blew his chain apart into a, a bazillion pieces on the front straight. And, uh, yeah, somehow, I mean, I should have bought a lotto ticket that night. Um, <laughs> I was lucky enough to pick up the, uh, I, I don't know how it could even be standing, uh, yeah, standing I, up or how I could even get that thing to where it would lodge in the tire. But when it did that, it just completely, the whole tube spun inside the tire, inside the rim and, and slice that thing in half you could have cut it taken it out and put it over your fort guards it was ready to be ready to be used for lima but that's crazy yeah just a wild situation yeah, another I, another I, dnf unfortunately yeah i've been in flat track for you know my whole life i'm getting pretty old i'm up to 45 and i've never heard that before and so i just wanted the people at home listening to to hear exactly what happened on that because like i said i i see it from up above and then i talked to you after the race and i knew how how upset you were and, and i just couldn't believe the story so i wanted everybody else to hear about it so uh you left Sacramento struggling after a, a disappointing finish. You know, you're running up front at the, at the Sacramento mile. So then we go to Springfield mile. You have a, another bad finish, 18th place, you know, nine laps completed. What happened there? Yeah. Um, just, uh, unfortunately, I think it was our, at that time, our fourth mechanical, uh, I might, Unfortunately, we were a little bit behind on the Kawasaki program on the, the naughty side of things for the, the season, getting into the season. Um, 
you know, we were unsure if we were going to run the Kawasaki's or the Harleys on the bigger racetracks or on the half miles or what the case was. So, uh, yeah, just a little bit behind, which luckily we were able to turn around and everything, but we only had one of the Zanotti racing 750s. And then, you know, fortunately for us, we had Bill Warner who had multiple 750s in his chassis for us to race. Um, I ended up blowing up my, uh, my Zanotti, um, Kawasaki 750. So I hopped on Bill's and just a, another freak deal. Um, ended up blowing up that engine, uh, lap nine of the main event. I think I was, I mean, at best I was running like 10th or so. I had to kind of squeak her into the main event just because of, uh, or just, you know, trying to figure the bike out and stuff. It was feeling pretty good. It was still early. Everyone kind of knows how Springfield works. Everything shakes down towards the end of the race. But yeah, we, uh, ended up blowing up early on, didn't even make it halfway. And yeah, kind of, kind of the day was over with, unfortunately. Yeah, I I think I look at that and I, I look back at your season and, and I think it had been you know pretty much your best season ever. But what a rough start, man! And and then you know we get into the Lexington, the Red Mile. I think that's kind of like a, a turning point in your season because from there on out you had great finishes. So did something change between there and Red Mile, or or did stuff just start clicking with the team? I it was really difficult, um, just because. I, I've never felt that good on a motorcycle before. Uh, Dave Zanotti does a really, really good job. And every racetrack we were at, it was kind of like, you know, you come in from qualifying and you feel good. But, um, you know, for me, and when I feel good and, you know, the time sometimes, you know, tell a different story. But we were always right up in the mix. You know, I actually fast qualified a few of the races and stuff. And it was more so just uh, having time to get things together, um, even though it was still only a week. Um, Dave was able to get back to Bill's. Bill was able to get uh, our 750 that we blew up, the Zanotti 750, and get that thing rebuilt and uh, got all his own parts in it and did, you know, worked his magic. And, and luckily, we were able to get through the whole day. And it was kind of weird. We came in and in sixth place, it was kind of like we were, we actually fast qualified one of the sessions. We were pretty solid all day. But, you know, I told, uh, you know, I came in and Michelle and Dave were like, wow, you know, after the main, just so excited that we finished as crazy as it sounds it was just like okay that was really good we made it through the whole main event um that was you know awesome job guys so basically from there it was just we're trying to we're trying to put our arsenal together and just build everything we can or they were i was just kind of sitting back and doing my thing but yeah you know it was just experienced a lot of things that that dave had never never worked on before with the kawasaki and along with michelle so we just kind of started you know, without any knowledge on the situation. And luckily Bill was there to help us out and get us in the right direction. And, and from there on out, we were pretty much stout. Yeah. I, th- I think from there on out, you were, you were solid. And, you know, we go to Oklahoma city, you play another sixth place finish, you know, another solid finish. I know building on the momentum central New York. Uh, well, actually I skipped one. Let's go back to Lima. So, Lima, you were fast all day. I think the only thing you didn't win was the the big dash at the start of the day. But you just, man, you cleaned house that day. Let's talk about a California kid growing up on hard, dry, you know, groove tracks. How how'd you get so fast on on a cushion racetrack? Uh, we had Willow Springs, which was somewhat of a cushion. Um, it was never, you know, never anything like a Ohio cushion. You get to Ohio cushion, and you're like trying to figure out why the, the dirt is a foot deep and you can, you know, your bike bogs down when you get to the corner so bad. But yeah, I think that, uh, for, I think for like 
a lot of the California kids who do do well on the cushions and stuff. I just I got to there and it's like a new challenge and you know I went there for the first time my rookie year and was like holy cow what is this and uh, just kind of became a challenge of mine to get better at and, and and try and do as well as I could. So yeah, I just kind of went there excited. It was our first half mile on the twins for you know five or six weekends or whatever it was and it was one that I felt like everything kind of went out the window. So knowing how much I liked the motorcycle, like Dave's and Audi's bike and how well we were gelling and stuff. It was just one of those races where I was excited and, and really anxious to get out. And luckily everything worked out for us. Dude, my, my favorite part too is, is we made this deal back in what, 2012 that whenever you got yeah. your first podium or your first twins win, I was gonna be the one that got to interview you and and, you know, I didn't want to step on Bubba Blackwell's toes, but a deal's a deal. And, and I talked to my man sitting beside me, Chris Carter, and I'm like, listen, uh, I actually kind of called it out in the pit walk. I'm like, when this kid wins, I'm going to I'm gonna interview him. And, and I'm so glad it happened at Lima because I, all I had to do is climb down about, you know, maybe about 20 stairs to get to you. And, man, I was yeah. so happy to interview you that day. I think I, I've seen some pictures on social media, and I think I was a little bit more excited than you were. But I think I think you were in shock. Yeah, I was. Um, I was. <laughs> a lot of it's a blur, honestly. I mean, it was. Uh, you know, a lot of people, you know, have the mentality like I'm going to win someday, and you know, I, I try and have that same deal. Or up to that point, I tried to have the same mentality. It's one thing to win on the 450s and stuff like I had, but the twins, it's like this is this is the whole deal. This is you know top of the top of the line. Um, but when it happened, it was kind of just like went numb for a little while didn't didn't realize it was actually going to happen you know i've been did a lot this winter tried to cut as much weight as i could and and, and be as prepared as i could when days not gave me the opportunity and um for it to actually happen it was kind of like holy cow i didn't uh didn't realize you know obviously like i said you train and you, you eat and you do everything you can to, to be as prepared and you tell yourself i'm gonna win i'm gonna make it happen and unfortunately there's 18 other guys telling themselves the same thing but you know, 10 of them have the experience and the, the knowledge and the teams and everything to, to go out and just, you know, fight you for it. So luckily we were able to, to fight harder and make it happen. So when it did happen, I was like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Shock is pretty much the spot on word. Yeah. That's, that's the, the look on your face in one of the pictures. I'm, I'm, I'm cheesing like, like crazy. And you just look like, like you've seen yeah. a ghost. You're like in shock. And I was like, man, I just, I love that moment. I'll, I'll never forget it. So I appreciate, uh, you know, you, uh, fulfilling your end of the deal as I did, you know, whenever I got to come down only 20 steps. So I think at Pomona's when we made the deal, uh, that was your first twin, twin podium. And I, I came down from the top of the grandstands and I, I was working with Barry Boone and, and Barry knew our deal too. So, uh, you know, he filled and I ran yeah. down those stairs as fast as I could cause I wanted to interview you. And then I let him do the rest of it. But, you know, we, we've, uh, we've had some fun times and, and that was, uh, you know, that was definitely, definitely worth, uh, worth the wait, I guess, but I don't, I don't, I hope you don't have to wait that long again. And, and you actually didn't wait that long because, uh, we got a few races between Lima at, at central New York, you finished sixth then at Cal Stoga fifth, but then we go to the Buffalo chip and, and what a cool atmosphere, what a cool track. And, and you're chasing Henry Wiles, you know, for, it seemed like forever. And then, then he lands really hard. And I thought, I thought he landed so hard that he, uh, you know, pop the, the, the oil filter off or something like that. He ended up, uh, you know, cracking the case or something, something catastrophic. And then, so there's oil all over the place. And from my point of view, I couldn't see exactly what was going on, but next thing I know, there's a red flag out. Next thing I know you're down on the ground and, and I got to watch the replay and you, you face planted there pretty dang hard. Yeah, that one was, uh, 
I think as I was crashing, the only thing going through my mind was, you know, I just crashed because of oil and there is uh, 16 other guys behind me and there's a lot of oil out there. So as I'm crashing, I'm thinking, man, I got to get out of the way as quick as possible. So I slapped my face pretty good, but with the momentum, I was able to kind of roll over my shoulder and hop up and uh, kind of jump out of the way. Luckily, you know, I think the only other person that went down was J.R. Addison, which is insane to me because Henry rode like, you know, right through the race line and, you know, 16 other guys, only one guy to go down with oil right through the, you know, the main race line, not a lot of room for air there. That was really actually impressive to me. And yeah, I smacked my face pretty good. I think harder than I, you know, if the adrenaline wasn't there, I'd probably would have whacked myself pretty silly, but just because my mind was other places as far as not getting run over by the the rest of the field, I think uh, that kind of had a little bit to do with me being all right. But yeah, that was a that was a good one for Man, sure. You, you, it didn't even seem like you had time to even take your hand off the handlebar. Next thing I know, your face was on the ground. So what I what I liked about it is you know you know you were one of the guys that went down. Of course, Jr. went down too. But you know they talked things over. They let you start at the front of the pack, which I thought that was awesome because it wasn't your fault that you went down. So what's going through your mind now? You know that Henry Wiles, who's the TT specialist, he's out because of of what happened. Uh, you're sitting there, you know, at the start with all these fast guys behind you. What's going through your head right now? And you got a huge crowd all the way wrapped around this whole facility. And you're 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 leading another twins main event. What's going through your mind before the light turns green again? Well, for like the first five or six minutes, I was in full freakout mode because I was pretty sure I was going to the back. Um, <laughs> right, I was too. David McGrath, yeah, yeah. David McGrath came up to me after I was done throwing a tantrum or whatever quietly with Michelle, <laughs> and uh, she got done, you know, calming me down and said, "Hey, here's the deal. Um, you know, the the track was deemed unsafe, kind of because they they had red flagged it for the hay bale." Um, they, you know, wanted to make sure everything was safe. So they've stopped the race, got the hay bale off the racetrack. And it was kind of the same situation, whether Henry would have, or whether, whether I would have crashed or not, there was a red flag that was going to take place. Um, so yeah, they got me to the front and, uh, I was kind of in shock again. Like, why am I just like, what? Um, so yeah, I was at the front and it was a, it was a weird deal because I had just crashed. My stuff was a little bit bent up. Luckily, Michelle was able to get everything straightened out and get us back in a position we were good to race with. And, uh, yeah, at that point, like, you know, she's like, hey, you, you and Henry are getting away from me a little bit. You know, Jared's the first to, you know, when he smells blood in the water, he goes for it. So, obviously, I was kind of thinking, man, i got to be ready for whatever he's going to throw at me. I don't even know if this thing's straight or not, you know. So, yeah, uh, just as hard as, or not hard, but it's, different of a situation as it was you kind of had to get back into the, you know the, the game time mode and uh luckily we were able to do that and you know big thanks goes to michelle basalo for that she uh she calmed me down and got me back in position that i needed to race in and uh we were able to kind of just bring it home that's awesome i, I had i had a lot of fun with that deal too because I, I was able to hop off my little perch and get on the main stage and and you know woody and the, the entire crew up there at the buffalo chip you know they are very adamant about what time we had to be off the stage and they had a setup for the concert that was coming up next but when you won and they, they open up the gates and let the entire crowd come in there he's like you guys take as long as you want and i i just love that um i loved how the people got up there and got close to you you did a burnout right there on the start finish line and then all of a sudden there's you know it seemed like 20,000 people. I don't know how many people get to go in, in into the racetrack like that, but there's people all around you, and then we got to celebrate. So uh, congratulations on that win, and, and that was a cool event. I look forward to going back there next year. Uh, we rolled on into Black Hills just two days later, a solid fifth-place finish. Then we go to Peoria, 
Um, they changed and reconfigured the track there. You, you pulled off a podium finish there. Do you want to talk about Peoria a little bit? Yeah, I think that the only thing I can really say is just uh, the Twins went a lot better there than what I anticipated. Um, they did. Peoria Motorcycle Club did an like, awesome job with the Twins or with the track. That was uh, as far as the corners, and they did a lot, you know, a lot better job with the jump than they did in the early race that I went and tried out uh, just to kind of get a feel for it. But yeah, just a big congrats to the Peoria, Peoria Motorcycle Club. That was actually probably the best um racetrack i'd been on there my whole career uh the track was so good all day like it's kind of crazy you think everything would be slowed down and stuff on the twins but i felt like i was riding my twin just as hard as i was riding my single the year before so yeah only thing i have to add is uh yeah big thank you to them for putting so much effort into it and getting things turned around from the early race they did with the steve nace guys to uh to that that was uh that was a lot of fun yeah i, I liked it too it you know it took out the the great big air over the big jump, but it was a lot safer. There's there's actually two pretty decent sized jumps this year instead of one, you know, hell of a jump. And and the track was wider all the way around. And I think the racing was a lot better there this year too. So hats off again, like you said, to the the PMC Peoria Motorcycle Club. I saw on uh, social media yesterday they've been racing there since 1911. So it's pretty cool that they're on the circuit and we get to keep going back. And and they're making the effort to to make the track safe for for you guys out there you know, that, that have to hit that jump wide open on a twin. So, uh, yeah, like you just said, hats off to the PMC. So, uh, we moved from there to the Springfield mile two, a sixth place finish. We go to Williams Grove, Pennsylvania, um, a track. I didn't think that you'd be one of the front runners, but you, you pulled off a, a third place finish there. Do you want to talk about Pennsylvania a little bit? Yeah, that was, uh, that was a cool one. It was, it was close to where I'm located with Shana, uh, only about an hour and a half, which is really, really nice. Cause being all the way on the east coast now it takes most of the races it takes a little bit to get to um the racetrack was a little bit tough with it being a day race um and then just them not knowing you know quite having an idea how to prep it for for the motorcycles i think that it's a lot different for a car car guys to prep with the track for, for the motorcycle guys um but yeah it's i feel like dave zanotti has improved my half mile game especially my clay half mile game a lot um you know, he always brings a great motorcycle, and that's kind of the same thing he did that day. We had a really, really good motorcycle and made it easy for me to ride um, it, as easy as it could be on a, a tough dis- racetrack. And, you know, I, I kind of like to get out of hand sometimes, and we didn't have a lot of room for air there. So, luckily, uh, yeah, the bike was working great, and it was a it was a racetrack that you couldn't make, you know, a bunch of mistakes. So, we kind of uh, worked our way through the day. We weren't real fast right out of the gate or anything, but kind of our, our same mo just uh start slowly and see where we end up at the end of the day so another podium and i think that was my my fourth one on the year so it's yeah that was a, that was a really good day for us we wrapped up the year with texas uh, a fifth place finish paris a 10th place finish uh, probably not the results uh you had going on but uh, there's some contact with another rider i'm not going to make na- name any names but it had number 10 on the number plate i think but you know it was it was a fun day but that that's got to be a little uh little Hard to swallow at the last race of the season, finishing 10th. Yeah, it was tough. I mean, I was, uh, yeah, I was rolling rolling around in third, which, you know, for me at that point was uh, another podium would have been great. Um, but at the same time, I was watching Jared get smaller and smaller. I think we're actually like lap 18, so it wasn't like I was going to make anything happen with Jared. Um, but what's kind of... Uh, wanted to end the season how we started it and that was just all in um whether it was going to cost us a, a podium or 
we were going to become a hero and take second. It was kind of like, hey, I need to make something happen. Plus, I had uh, Jeffrey Carver breathing down my neck, and I saw him run into Sammy earlier in the main event. I'm like, man, I know for a fact he's going to be willing to do the same thing to me for for that. We were in a tight points battle, actually, too, for fifth place. Um, At that point, I wasn't really really concerned with fifth or sixth in the championship. It still paid the same, and, and we had come from so far back anyway. I was just looking to to make big things happen. So unfortunately it cost us. Um, but like I said, I wanted to, to go out how we came in. That's just uh, showing that we're going to put it all out there at you know, any time of the year. We weren't going to get conservative by any means. And it cost us a little bit. And the racetrack was, was not really forgiving as far as getting off the groove. So yeah, we slid back to 10th and kind of, kind of ended it not on the wrong note. We were running third. We knew where we belonged, but just kind of made a, made a big mistake. And, process but yeah I just uh came in and I tried to apologize to Dave Zanotti for doing it and you know he actually gave me a pat on the back he said man it's the first time all season you've done anything like that and uh you know I like seeing you not getting conservative at the end of the year I, I really pre- he actually said I really appreciate that and yeah, I, you know just awesome. shows how much uh respect we have for each other and I'm happy that uh I'm happy to be flying the Zanotti racing colors yeah, he's he's a great guy. I love Dave Zanotti. It doesn't matter what's going on. If, if I walk through the pit area, he'll stop what he'll what he's doing. He always wipes off his hands if he's if he's working on the bikes or whatever. He always makes a point to stop what he's doing and shake my hand. And I've got a lot of respect for Dave Zanotti. He's such a cool guy. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I I can't thank Dave enough. He uh, really saved my career. I I had a tough 2016, and you know he called me this last winter and said, uh, "Hey, you know I I'd like to like to put something together," and I said yeah absolutely i don't know what you have but i want to ride it and yeah just you know a great guy i mean we came into the season and you know i didn't know why i was given the opportunity he just told me hey i'm willing to eat the soup cold a little bit and you know if we got to work together and just kind of figure out how to get some top tens and stuff and and work you into the working into the the top guy spot I'm, i'm willing to do that and uh I think we both were a little bit amazed on what we were able to accomplish this year. And yeah, he, uh, he's been great for my career and he's just, I like the fact that I'm working with someone that everyone in the, in the, in the pits, you know, they, they respect him just cause he's, he's a really, just a good guy, he's, you know, down to his core. He's a, he's a really, really good guy. Absolutely. So in an interview earlier this year, uh, you said 2015 where you finished fifth on the points was your, your most successful season. Would you, would you change your mind right now? Was 2017 your most successful season? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I took sixth in the points where that year I took fifth. But, you know, this season I think people were uh, were a lot, you know, the last few seasons not everyone was real consistent where, you know, the top four or five guys were really, really consistent this season, you know. Um, the same guys were in the same spots. You know, I'd say 80% of the races where before was a little bit different. And, and for me, you know, I, I had some good runs that year. I had two podiums and a win. Um, where this year I had two podiums and two wins. But, you know, I, I think that I was a lot more of a player at, at pretty much every event we went to. Um, all season long, I felt like I was kind of like a top five guy, and that's something I've never been before. You know, I'd have a weekend where I go out and maybe, you know, say the one 2015, I get third at Lima, and the following weekend I take 10th or 11th or something like that. So that was kind of just showed how the season was for everyone for me to finish fifth. Um, so this year, yeah, just to be able to be a guy that was kind of considered like, you know, top five guy at every round we were at, you know, I'd say this season was by far one of my, my most successful. It, it meant a lot to me to be 
you know, even on the miles to be kind of a top six, top five guy at all of the races and all the miles and stuff, it just really turned over a new leaf for me this year and definitely my, my most successful by, by a long shot, I, I personally feel like. On the call, we got Briar Bauman, who uh, had a great year this year. You, earlier in the interview, you talked about Michelle DeSavo a little bit, and we, of course, know about Bill Warner, and, and they brought a lot to the team. I mean, I know Michelle's been working for Zanotti for a little while, and then Bill Warner teamed up with you guys, which actually puts your brother as kind of your teammate. Um, a lot of people don't really realize that Michelle DeSavo, she's your, she's your crew chief, right? She's your head mechanic. Yeah, I mean... Dave, Dave's not, he makes, a, you know, pretty much all the calls, but as far as what gets done to the bus, uh, everything like that on race day, she's, you know, she's hammering out tire changes and, and her and Dave are making eccentric changes. And, you know, it's, it's hard to say, you know, head crew chief because they, they play such a solid part as far as, you know, teamwork. I mean, they really, really do. They kind of know how each other, you know, Dave's kind of taught her how he likes things done and which is, you know, really, really neat and tidy. And, you know, she does it. I mean, she's incredible. Um, she can do anything to the bike that we need done at any time. Um, but fortunately for me, they work really well together and, uh, they're able to get everything done in time during, during the races and stuff. But yeah, she, uh, she's, you know, a key asset in our team for sure. She, she works around the clock and, and she does a really well, you know, really good job at it at all hours when she's on a bike. You know, she she makes sure that <clears throat> she's never going to send me out on a motorcycle that's unsafe, or if she feels like she's in a position that you know she's not capable of doing that, she she's more than willing to make it known, which I appreciate. And you know, can't even put into words how much you appreciate that as a rider. So, yeah, uh, she's uh, she's definitely a key player in our our program. I think I think a big part of that too is you know she used to race. A lot of people don't really realize that either. But she used to have a national number, and she ran up front. I, I raced raced with her quite a few years, uh, mainly on the eight eighty three series, and then moving into the super tracker class. But uh, she was a good competitor on the racetrack too. So I'm glad she's found a little niche and and found something that she can still be a part of the series. So it's cool to have her in your corner for sure. Yeah, and and like her being a part of the racing. Um, it's nice having someone who, who has also been on a motorcycle and race a little bit to understand when I come in and maybe I can't really explain what the bike, what I want the bike or what we want to be done to the bike, but I can kind of put into to words what it's doing from a racer's aspect and she can kind of take that. And, and she's really good about, you know, obviously it's really easy to be a critic from the outside looking in like, Hey, you need to do this on the bike or do that. But you know, every once in a while she's giving me a suggestion of what she thinks I could do but she just takes what I, what I say and her and Dave break it down and, uh, they, they make changes, you know, based on that. So yeah, I'm happy that, uh, that she's with the team, you know, happy is not even close to how I feel. It's, it's kind of like, we've just put together this team, you know, Dave and her have been working together for a while now, but I, they brought me in and, you know, I think we all kind of understand each other's language and I'm really looking forward to 2018. Cause I, I think that, you know, with a full season, hopefully we get some of the mechanicals out of the way, you know, Michelle, Dave, and I, and, and Bill, it's, it's going to be a good year. So you've, you've talked about how good your year was this year. Let's move into 2018. Uh, you, you still got the same team. You, you have a, do you have a contract with Dave Zanotti? You know where you're riding next year? Uh, we're going to keep the same program. Um, <clears throat> Dave and I, we're going to uh, continue on the Kawasaki's and just try and try and better what we did this year. We, uh, you know, we kind of looked at it this season as, hey, we, you know x out four races so we're four races short of you know the, the guys ahead of us you know obviously pretty much everyone except for jared had an issue well i guess he did at lime or whatever but yeah i mean 
we uh, we had four races missing out of the points. You know, you get one or two points, but when everyone's as consistent as they are at the front, you know, one or two points, it's basically a zero. Um, so yeah, our goal this next year is to continue on the Kawasaki's, and you know, I'm staying with Dave, and and I really want to see where we where we at. We stack up at the end of the year if we can, you know, hopefully keep everything in line and. I don't do anything dumb on my part, and we have uh, the bikes run, you know, all 25 laps of the main event. Um, obviously, it's always fun to, to plug points in or kind of do this and do that when everything's said and done. But I think if we could have had those couple races back that we had issues with, you know, maybe we could have been a little bit closer to uh, top three, top four guys. But, yeah, that doesn't uh, really matter now. It's just fun to do. But, yeah, we're just uh, trying to build on for next year. Absolutely. Sounds like a good plan. So, uh, do you guys go into 2018 with a goal in mind? Are you are you looking for more wins? Are you looking for a top three in the points? Are you looking to win the points? You know, do you, have you and Dave sat down, and actually Michelle sat down and figured out what your goal is for 2018? No, not so much yet. We uh, this year was definitely a, a big learning curve for us. I don't think any of us expected to win, you know, one race, let alone two, um, and then to be a guy that was kind of in the top five running most of the weekends um i think we overachieved in what we kind of expected going into the year so now it's kind of like all right let's see what we got for next season um we haven't really sat down and talked about it i'm sure we will eventually just because you know it's kind of kind of cool to have an idea of what we want to do um it's tough for me. I uh, I was actually joking around with Jared Means the other last or actually like last week. Um, I asked him how old he was when he won his first championship, and he said 23. And I'm like, man, I'm 22 right now. I I need to get my stuff together because I'm going to turn 23 in the middle of the season next year. So <laughs> I got to win a championship next year. But do it. It's obviously pretty hard to. It's it's pretty hard to 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 think about that when you got a guy who won 10 races this year. The only race he wasn't on the podium was the one he he was a choke artist and and jumped the start twice (laughs) and uh, didn't make the main. So, yeah, um, that's kind of that's a big, big jump for me from taking six to talking about possibly winning the championship. But obviously, you know, things can happen and hopefully we could be in a position. Maybe that could be a, you know, maybe a chance. That's awesome. I love I love your attitude. I I always think that that you're the, one of the funniest guys in the pit area. A lot of people don't get to know that because you know when you're at the racetrack, it's it's focus, it's game time, and and but like you know, anytime I walk up to you, there's always you're always making somebody laugh or always laughing about something. So uh, I love getting to, to any any chance I, I get to talk to you. I love I love it. I love sitting down with you whenever I can. No problem, man. Thanks for uh, having me a part of it. Thanks, Brian. Take care, bud. Yep. Later. Yeah, sounds good. We'll see you later. All right, man. See you, Brian.